How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean Foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! No one steals my Crunch Berries. I think you mean my Crunch Berries. Choose your own Crunch Venture with Captain Crunch. Are you struggling to lower your bad LDL cholesterol, even though you may be taking a statin, swapping steaks for salads, and exercising while listening to this podcast? Ask your doctor if Repatha Evolocumab is right for you. With Repatha, you can dramatically reduce bad cholesterol and the risk of another heart attack while enjoying life, too, because you're human. And with convenient self-administration, you can take Repatha in the comfort of your own home. Do not take Repatha if you're allergic to it. Repatha can cause serious allergic reactions. Signs include trouble breathing or swallowing, or swelling of the face. Most common side effects include runny nose, sore throat, common cold symptoms, flu or flu-like symptoms, back pain, high blood sugar and redness, pain, or bruising at the injection site. Visit Repatha.com or call 1-844-REPATHA. Talk to your doctor today about Repatha. When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is August 3rd, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. There's so many things that we're doing here at PitcherList. I got to let you guys know about really quickly. One, we are looking for a database engineer to join our PitcherList team. What's really exciting about this, this is a part-time position that may turn into a full-time as soon as next year, uh, at the start of the year. So definitely, if you this is the thing you want to do. There's a lot of work we have to do, obviously, with stats and uh, APIs and everything like that, and we want the right fit to join our team. So definitely go to pitchwas.com slash hiring, apply for the position there. You'll see the full job listing there as well. In addition, I'm on playback.tv slash pitchwas every single morning, 10 a.m. to 12 in the morning, live streaming uh, and answering your fantasy questions all the way down to the wire for your fantasy playoffs. No, I'm not focusing on football. I'm focusing on this. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing you there. All right, Joe Ryan, four innings, seven earned runs. What the heck? Right, uh, this is against the Cardinals. He allowed four home runs here. It's kind of nuts, isn't that? He has an 8.63 ERA and a 1.8 WHIP now across his last seven starts, but it is a 14.5 K per nine in that time. So you are getting strikeouts. You got 52 in seven starts, which is fantastic. It's over seven a game, but something's wrong here. So you're still getting four seamers at the top of the zone, and that's good. That that's the foundation that we want for Joe Ryan's wow. How he had his success early in the season. Guys are sitting on a little bit more than they used to, and the splitter is just a lot more hittable um, than it used to as well. There is some silver lining, and that is the development of his slider. Uh, in the last six games, before this one, it was a 5.53 PLV across all of it, with a fantastic 37% CSW and a 62% strike rate. These are really, really good things here. Um, a really bad Babbitt bond at 6.25, plus 6 hit luck though, so he's getting unlucky on it. I do think there is more development happening with that slider than I've been giving credit for Ryan. But obviously, despite that slider being good, 
the results have been terrible. So maybe it doesn't really matter. No, I'm going to tell you that Joe Ryan needs to get that thing down. Once he does that and actually truly um, excels with that slider as I think the stuff itself is good enough, then he will get out of this. Not to mention he's allowing home runs and that's just really destroying him too. So I think this is something that does get fixed with Joe Ryan over time. If you are, have a chance to buy low on Joe Ryan, I would be doing that. It does remind me a little bit of Matthew Boyd from 2019, where we got really, really excited because he was just dominating in that first half. And then all of a sudden, every single game, he was just allowing home runs and home runs and home runs. And we just didn't really accept it. And there is a chance that that is what Joe Ryan is for the rest of the second half. I'm not going to um, say otherwise. But I do believe that Joe Ryan is not going to be this guy all of a sudden for the rest of the year. Other guys from yesterday, there is one start that everyone is like, Nick, unbelievable. Cole Raggins. This is a guy that I've been really harping on that the Royals should be starting. And I'm so sorry for coughing there. He was traded for Araldus Chapman a month ago. The Royals started for a doubleheader. He was sitting 98 or 97.5 on the fastball crossover, 60 pitches, and I was just ecstatic. I was like, or actually it was 80 pitches, and I would say, look, why are you not starting? You have all these other guys. Then all of a sudden, Ryan Yarbrough gets traded. Yes, Ryan Yarbrough. And I got so excited because chat said during the trade deadline thing with uh, Sport, which by the way, if he came through on that, that was the most fun thing. We just had like 200 people here on, in the room. It was great. And I... <sighs> He, all of a sudden, it opened this door for Cole Raggins. So what does he do? He finally gets his first start against the Mets and gets a win. Six innings of shutout baseball. Seven hits, one walk, eight strikeouts. Earned a King Cole with a 38% CSW. 13 whiffs, 94 pitches, and a 94-95 fastball. Ah, oh, you were so close. <laughs> just be the best self. If he was 97 on this, with this result, I would be just be over the moon shouting from the hilltops. To get Cole Raggins. Now, I'm not going to... There there are still lots of things to get excited about. I just picked him up in the Legacy League because, you know what? I think this could be the second half of Cole Raggins. So, why I got excited about him before, I'm going to spend a lot of time in this podcast on this. I'm going to breeze through everything else, just so you know. Cole Raggins, command on the four-seamer is really good. Uh, it used to be something where it was kind of mutton chops, where the fastball would miss a little bit too high. The cutter would go too much arm side um, and really wouldn't get the uh, the swings that you wanted. And then the changeup wouldn't get down and it would be too glove side and up. And they didn't really have a good curveball that we can depend on. And that was really frustrating. It's why he struggled a bit with Texas. Here, four-seamer was Perfect. I mean, we're talking right at the very top of the zone and then also spotted down and uh, glove side as well. I mean, going back and forth with that is insane to be able to just say, look, to lefties, I'm going to go down and away or I'm also going to go upstairs. Like avoiding the middle of the zone with that fastball is really good. 94, 95, a little annoying, but I still think that he has it in him to push it up to 96 plus, uh, if not 97 and such. So that's great. The cutter changed. It actually isn't a cutter anymore. Only two of them were really that cutter, maybe three. Everything else was down to, you know, from 89 miles per hour all the way down to 84. It was a slider and it looked great. He got it down in glove side consistently. Changeup was down. Curveball was down. This is great. I mean, yeah, he did have some that missed in the middle of the zone. The Mets are worse now because morale and everything. But oh boy, I mean, he gets the Red Sox next. And I can't suggest starting that just because. The Red Sox are a really good offense right now. They're like top five or something like that. So I can't say that. 
But Cole Raggins could be like that sneaky, sneaky pickup for the second half. I, I am just really, really excited. Really good Blake Snell blueprint with this. Uh, he's getting that opportunity. But yeah, win chance is going to be low. Probably not going to get too many more of these wins. It is a good home park. Ugh, Cole Raggins is just so fun. It's so fun right now. He's going to blow up a couple times. Of course he is, but... Yeah, I love this stuff where it just kind of appears out of nowhere and you like have legit skills and no one cares. Carter Crawford against the Mariners came through as a stream and that's great. Five innings of shutout ball, uh, five base runners, five Ks, and he leaned into his cutter uh, 30% of the time. It worked. I don't really think that he's doing incredible things, unfortunately. I don't really love that cutter. I think the four-seamer is better, but it wasn't that good of a pitch in this one. The cutter just kind of worked against the Mariners. The sweeper went 10% CSW, but it was 60% strike, so that's fine. Um... Yeah, he got through this one, and uh, as far as the next start, it should be against those Royals, so hopefully uh, he comes through there. But yeah, Cutter Crawford, to me, is just isn't taking that next step, but fine. If he gets, you know, if he gets the Royals, and then uh, maybe he gets kicked out with Chris Sale. No, it should be Cutter Crawford, I think, when Sale returns, and it could be a two-step next week of Royals and Tigers, and I would be in for that with Cutter Crawford. Uh, Nick Martinez started because Joe Musgrove got scratched with a sore shoulder. And uh, he went three innings inside of cores of shutout ball. And Nick Martinez absolutely should be starting. He executed the Blake's on blueprint across these 38 pitches. And I'm just like, this is stupid. I hate this. Let him start. I know they got Rich Hill. And I, I was saying like, oh, because weather's left. That's why they got Rich Hill. I actually do wonder if it's Rich Hill now. Um, because they knew about Musgrove. And then he wasn't ready to go for this one. So they just knew they had to make th- you know do with this. It just stinks because, like, here's Nick Martinez, and he's made to start, and they're just not doing it. All right, Dane Dunning had an insane outing against the White Sox, 11 Ks, 7.2 innings, uh, one earned run, three hits, one walk. He earned his gold star because what the heck. His slider was insane with his cutter, 23% swing strike rate between the two of them. Got 13 call strikes in the sinker. This is, like, the most ideal Dunning. Um, maybe he's able to go 50% cutters and sliders moving forward. And that would work, but then also 41% CSW in the sinker is likely not going to stick around. And Slider getting so many outs in the field, and it's also Chicago who gets a lot of whiffs. But it's also the Athletics next, so fine. I'll take a chance now on Dane Dunning. This is the most intrigued I've been on Dane Dunning, obviously after 11 strikeouts. But, like, this is totally different than it was before. Yusei Kikuchi against the Orioles did his thing of throwing breaking balls in the zone and getting away with it. And the four-seamer was a little bit chaotic, but it still worked. And props to him. I guess we're just going to keep holding on as the movement is legit for those breaking balls. And we have a lot of other guys to talk about. And, of course, today and tomorrow's starters. And we're going to talk about all of those after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? And you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Sign up with promo code PitcherList and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call one 877 Hope and why in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. 
Tony Gonsolin against Oakland did exactly what a Toby's supposed to do. Got a win in five innings, and that's cool. All right. Wade Miley uh, returned from the IL and unfortunately only threw 60 pitches, so four innings um, total here. It gets Rocky Road next. Maybe he goes 75 or so and pulls that out for a win. Not really that bad. I'm okay with that. Rocky Road is pretty good to, to pitch against, especially with Crone and Gritchick gone now, too. Garrett Cole against the Rays, seven innings, two earned runs. Ace is going to ace. Nothing really I need to say there. Uh, Logan Webb looked great, too. Seven innings of two earned runs. I just wish that that slider was what it used to be. I mean, 43% strike rate on a slider is just, oh my gosh. Logan Webb, if you had your 2021 slider, you would be better than you were in 2021 because the changeup is just that much better now, too. Um, but hey, he's really good. Uh, is he an ace? I don't know. But uh, he's, he's kind of bordering it, uh, borderlining. I don't know what the word is. It's fine. He's close to it. <laughs> uh, Eduardo Arvega stuck around with the Tigers, and he came through for your fantasy teams because he went against the Pirates. Got a win, six innings, two runs, seven minutes, one walk, five Ks. on the greatest command. Um, but the changeup would look good. The cutter was pretty good. Singer could be better. I think you're fine against the Twins. Next, Ace is going to ace for Zach Wheeler. I'm giving it to him. Three ERA, one whip, and just under a 30% strikeout rate across his last 10 starts, including this one. This is Zach Wheeler, guys. Uh, Mackenzie Gore. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Brewers did well. Great. He's a cherry bomb. Did not do like exceptionally well. It was only five strikeouts and 200 runs in six innings, but that's good. Sadly, I feel like he's just a cherry bomb. There's nothing else that really dictates otherwise. Uh, Tanner Bybee did not do do well against the Astros. It was only two in runs in five innings, but it was 11 base runners with four walks and four Ks here. Uh, I hope it's the command just not being good for one night. Also, the Astros are really, really strong in props, I guess, for 11 base runners, only two in runs. But Tanner Bybee, uh, you need to get your command better than this, and I don't know if we are going to see that because it was two starts of good command. One was exceptional. One was fine, good enough, and like, okay, I'll take that, and this is another step down. So this is kind of what I expected with Tanner Bybee. I hope it's a one night bland. Um, I feel weird saying that because he's not an ace, but like, I hope it was just a one night of dipping and then he gets back to, and also the Astros are tough, whatever. You're going to make him work a little bit more. Maybe he overthrew with that expectation of it being the Astros. Slate Sassoni. Um, I hope I'm saying that name right. Uh, Sassoni, I don't know. 4.2 innings of two-word runs, four hits, one walk, two Ks. You don't know who that is. He pitches for the Dimax. Made his debut in Oracle Park yesterday. Nothing exceptional whatsoever in my view. I just don't think... I mean, he's super four-seamer focused. The secondary stuff is terrible. Um, the command is just not there. Maybe over time he gets that, but there's no reason to chase it now. Renel Blanco made the start for the Astros as they pushed back Christian Javier an extra day. And now with Verlander entering it as well. Uh, and you have uh, Orkidi coming back to the rotation too. This is it for Blanco. And it was four innings of two and runs and nine base runners. And the slider wasn't so good. So, all right, we move on. Uh, you have Dakota Hudson against the Twins being as good as possible. I remember Dakota Hudson being this like 1-4 whip guy with like a 19% strikeout rate. And just saying, wait a second, the slider is actually like a really good pitch. It just doesn't strike out guys and he gets too many balls in play and it just doesn't like, he's not really being the best he can be here. Well, this was against the Twins. Got to win seven innings, three earned runs, two hits, three walks, and seven strikeouts, but only nine whiffs and a 23% CSW. So when he got the two strikes, it was a big put away rate. Really good one here. The slider was as good as I've seen with nine whiffs, but we're not going to believe this. There's no, no way and uh, I, I just cannot think that he's going to be that efficient for getting his strikeouts. Also, the Rays are up next. And, I mean, maybe the slider is just that amazing that he's going to be like, look, I'm going to go 50%, 60% sliders now. It's possible. 
You didn't do it here, and we'll see. I don't think that's going to happen. Logan Gilbert against the Red Sox. Six innings, three earned runs, five hits, three walks, and 5K. 17 whiffs, got a gallows pole, and guess what? Nine over 38 whiffs on the slider. Oh, boy. It's about dang time, Logan Gilbert. And he put them on the bottom of the zone, and then his four-seamer went four for 40 whiffs in a 14% O-swing. <laughs> Like, that's why it was nearly a very poor quality start for Logan Gilbert. The slider is there now. Great. But it was all in the context of, hey, you have this really good four-seamer foundation. Now I need that slider also there. So hopefully some strikes with the curveball too and the splitter or whatever also helping. And if you don't have the four-seamer cooking, then it's not as good. But at least he has that skill. I mean, that's a new skill. I need the old skill to return first, right? Please hold on to this new skill. Please have this slider. That would be so good. That just changes everything for you. And we got to believe that the four-seamer comes back. I hope this isn't a case of him getting a little bit more on the side of the ball to make sure the slider works. That would then mess up the uh, the, the active spin on his four-seamer. And what I mean by that is if his, right, if his wrist essentially is changing a little bit more to the right where he's supinating, that is he's falling off the right side of the ball, that would mean that he's not getting his full wrist behind the four-seamer. So then making it so that it's full backspin on release, which would then keep the carry up. We've seen that before with pitchers throwing cutters, um, where uh, if you introduce cutters, we've seen that four-seamers get a little bit worse. I do hope that's not the case here for Logan Gilbert. That would explain it a little bit. I hope that that's not the case and he comes back and has both the slider getting whiffs and the four-seamer doing its old thing. Kodai Senga did terribly against the Royals, which is not fun whatsoever, and reminds me that there is still some volatility with Kodai Senga, despite how good the last month has been. It's 5.2 innings of three and runs, 11 hits, two walks, six Ks. What? So many hits on the fastballs and the forks balls. You got to get more of those down the fork balls. You did still have seven whiffs on it, and it's just kind of how it is. I mean, 13 base runners, only three and runs is pretty good honestly, uh, for holding off damage. We've seen 12 runs on 14, on 13 base runners or so before. So, like, good job, Senga, but yeah, not fun. Uh, that, I guess, is a singled-out game, I should say. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez against the Jays. A bit of a careful Icarus here. We had two of those, same with Yanni Chirinos. Both of the same thing of allowing those runs in the sixth inning, uh, while it's 5.2 innings of three-earned runs for uh, for Grayson Rodriguez. He allowed two of his uh, of his three runs in that inning, and then there's a fourth one when he went out of the game that wasn't attributed to him. But it was 5.2 innings of three and runs, two hits, two walks, and five Ks. And Grayson Rodriguez, really good fastball now. 98.5, he's sitting there now. He's not at 96, 97. That's another start of him increasing that velocity, which is so good. Up in the zone, the top half, that's great. This wasn't with the changeup and slider down as much. I mean, slider was a little bit better than we've seen more success with it, but I really just want to see the Blake Snell blueprint from him. And I can't, like, I just can't get latched in. I can't latch onto this until I really believe that he can keep that four-seamer up and then keep those changeups and sliders down. I need to see it, like, over, like, two, three starts. I saw, like, one start of, of a decent amount of it. And then, like, eh, hidden, hinting at it, and then this. And it's just, ah. But that's a good whip. That's a sub one whip. That is also six Ks. And after five, you only let one earned run. So we're fine with this because the four seamer is dominating that much. But I just want that last piece, right? Um, and with Yanni Chirinos, those five innings, three earned runs, six hits, one walk, five Ks. This was much better than I've seen from Yanni Chirinos as the slider was, uh, sorry, the splitter was much better at seven over 31 whiffs of the 32% CSW. So he's in the rotation, I guess, as a number five. Max Reed comes back and kicks out 
uh, not Chirinos, uh, essentially whatever they were doing in that spot, like AJ Smith Shaver, for example, um, all this other stuff. So I uh, we might see more of him here. It's just 75 pitches. Uh, he got a win, and there is a decently high win chance for pitching for Atlanta, considering you have like Giolito on the other side, or like a lot of these these pitchers who just get demolished by Atlanta. I just don't really think that Yanni Trinos is that good. I don't think that splitter is going to be this good, and I don't want to do this. Braxton Garrett against the Phillies. Five innings, 300 runs, six hits, two walks, and five Ks. The cutter is not there. Uh, the sinker is way over the zone. Um, I don't like it. I... Uh, there is a velocity jump of 1.5 ticks, and that means that the sinker and the forcing were combined to 38% CSW. I think that was just because it was inside the zone. The Phillies were a little bit more passive for the called strikes, and he's not really commanding it super, super well. So I'm not back in on Garrett yet. Um, so sorry, Braxton Garrett. It was a fun ride, though. Kyle Freeland's throwing harder as he comes back from the IL, and he's still at 89.9 miles per hour. So no, no, thank you. Osvaldo Bito is not going long enough, and this was the Tigers, and he did terribly, so no thanks. Drew Smiley, uh, 7Ks, and he did in- increase the velocity on the curveball a little bit with a 30% CSW in both the hook and the sinker, but it was 4.2 innings of 5 earned runs and 6 hits, 0 walks, and 7Ks. So we are not back here. Brandon Williamson against the Cubs, womp womp. I mean, it is the Cubs. The Cubs are hitting really well right now, and... I'm still searching for that number three pitch for Brandon Williamson. He did get seven Ks, which is cool, but it was only four whiffs. So the sweeper change of curveball are just not that good, and I feel like that is too risky. I'm going to give a night save for the worst offenses where he can just cruise with inside four-seamers and cutters against right-handers and a bad offense. Uh, you have Shane McClanahan against New York, which is really disappointing because he left this game with an elbow injury. Now, after the game, they said that Kevin Cash said uh, that the elbow pain was outside the arm, not inside. Inside generally turns into Tommy John. Outside is not as serious, and he's going to get an MRI. He was also hitting 99.8. That's where he maxed on the fastball. So it wasn't like McClanahan was just down velocity, had a hurt elbow, and that generally means Tommy John. There's something weird. Might be like loose bodies or something like that that we've seen. Um, but I, they aren't scared, but it's just, man, there's just always another thing with Shane McClanahan. It's really, really annoying. Also, the changeup and, and slider were pretty much 50% CSWs, 48% for the slider, 50% for the changeup, and it's across 41 thrown. Man, this is frustrating. Uh, Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito both got destroyed. Uh, Hogan Harris got destroyed, too, because it's the Dodgers and Hogan Harris. We don't do that. With Giolito, 3.2 innings of 9 and run, 8 hits, 3 walks, 2 Ks. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, there is a curse that he has of pitching early in the game. And honestly, like when it comes to locations in this, he did really well. Really good pitch separation. Yeah, this is just one of those things where Atlanta is just so stupid and you just got to like, what are you going to do? And you keep starting Giolito. Dylan sees a little bit more concerning. I mean, it was against the Rangers who are also an elite offense here. And it was 1.2 innings of seven earned runs, seven hits, three walks, one strikeout. He got eight whiffs on 79 pitches. He needs 79 pitches. I cannot believe... The White Sox allowed Dylan Cease in two innings to essentially throw 80 pitches, averaging 40 per. That's unreal. What are you doing? Do not over... That is worse than throwing a pitcher eight innings at 115 pitches. Absolutely. Like, you cannot... It's about uh, strenuous innings. And how could you do that? (laughs) Um... I'm really upset about that. I didn't realize that last time when I was re- reading uh, or writing this up, how many pitches they let him throw. Uh, that's insane to me. And uh, Dylan Cease is obviously a cherry bomb right now. It's against Texas. I can't really uh, harm him that much. He's just, you know, not really the guy that you want him to be. And we move on. Uh, you're going to start him moving forward, and that's that. Looking forward to today and tomorrow's starters. You have 
Uh, today, in the top tier, Kevin Gosman, Shoei Otani, Max Scherzer, and Julio Urias. Pretty obvious. Probable star tier, Sonny Gray, Mitch Keller, Christian Javier. Uh, Mitch Keller and Christian Javier, a little bit more contentious there, but I think Mitch Keller looked good after a really a stumbling in the first inning or two against the Phillies and really got locked in, and that looked like the Mitch Keller we know. While Christian Javier against the Yankees, I feel like the Yankees are just not an offense that uh, has a high morale right now, and Christian Javier with those really good fastballs last time, I hope, do stick around. Questionable start tier. The stream pick is JP Sears. I don't know if I like this or not. I decided to bench in my league. I mean, this is questionable start. But I do think J.P. Sears is in a really good place right now with that slider and fastball. It's just the Dodgers are really good. Brady Singer, you don't know what you're going to get, even though he just had amazing sinker, uh, slider command. I can't really buy it. Michael Lorenzen gets the Marlins, and Marlins are kind of good. Um, Flaherty gets his first start uh, as an Oriole, but it's in Toronto. Brian Wu against the Angels. You don't know what you're going to get there. It's also a better Angels offense, and Wu's fastball wasn't good last time. Cueto against the Phillies. Ugh. Tyone against the Reds. Ugh. Clark Schmidt against the terrifying Houston Astros. Ugh. And Adrian Hauser maybe just checks enough fastballs to make that work against the Pirates. Well, I just don't want to do Brandon Font in the Do Not Start tier against the Giants, even though it's Oracle Park. I just feel like Font just doesn't offer enough. Um, Carrasco, Weaver, Libertor, Tuka Desant, and Shamanaya. Shamanaya is not going to go along in this one. It's going to be an opener of Scott Alexander. You just don't do it. All right, looking forward to tomorrow. You have Luis Castillo, Aaron Nola, and James Paxton. It's a very clear auto starts there. Uh, you have Aces going to ace possibility with Paxton if he does do well in this one. If he soars against the Jays, Ace is going to ace label you get. Nola is not quite there, but he gets a Royals, so it's just a safer play for tomorrow. Probable start tier. I debate a lot with this one. Bailey Ober's at the top against the, the Diamondbacks. Fine. Bobby Miller against the Piders, I feel good with that one. Uh, he's in a good place right now. Much better uh, approach with a slider and curve. Reed Detmers against the Mariners. Not been good the last 30 days. A lot of people are going to say that. No, don't do this. Except that it's been elite offenses that he's faced. And now it's the Mariners where he's going to dominate out of the zone with it. I feel really good about this one. Also a pretty high win chance, I think, considering the Angels are a really good offense at the moment, even without... uh, Actually, I believe Trout is coming back very soon. So maybe even he is there tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, Jordan Montgomery against the Marlins. Uh, Probably not Trout tomorrow, but we'll see. Um, (laughs) Jordan Montgomery against the Marlins. You have uh, Montgomery having his first start for the Rangers. I think that's a good matchup for him. Marlins are a little bit better than they used to be, but still, Montgomery should be safe there. Now you have some interesting ones. You Darvish against the Dodgers. Uh, you kind of start Darvish regardless of opponent, but still, the Dodgers are really, really good right now, and I don't know exactly what approach we're going to see from Darvish there. Hunter Brown just had a good start, and I don't know if he's going to have those sliders and curveballs down enough for the Yankees. But the Yankees are kind of weird, and you're fine starting against him. Dean Kramer against the Mets. Uh, Kramer didn't do well so last time, but it's against the Yankees, and now it's the Mets who are also down in their morale. I feel like Kramer could come through there. Jesus Lazardo gets the Rangers. The Rangers are such a good offense right now, and if you want to bench Lazardo, by all means. But Lazardo had one bad start and then was absolutely killer otherwise. He was on the verge of aces going to ace, and I think, honestly, if he comes through here, I'm giving it to him as well. But very, very scary one. If he really just dominates here and it's just like, okay, cool. Yeah, you get it. Merrill Kelly against the Twins did not do well in his second start back from the IL. So I don't really know if uh, the command is totally there against the Twins. I feel like, though, it should be good enough. Questionable start tier. You see Max Reed against the Cubs. You're like, wait, Nick, shouldn't he be higher up? The win chance is really good. He threw 80 pitches in rehab. Yeah, he hasn't been dominant in rehab. And it's a still ill. Still ill, generally, I'm just like, no questionable start. It's just generally what I do, unless it's an amazing, amazing matchup. The Cubs are really good right now. They're one of the hotter teams in baseball. So I feel like, you know what? I'm going to put him in questionable start here. I don't think the ratios are going to be that long. I don't think he's going to go more than five. I don't think it's going to be a ton of strikeouts. But if you want to do it for the win chance, I understand. 
You can push him up and start him for the probable start tier. Colin Ray is my stream pick of the day against the Pirates. Uh, Colin Ray had a new sweeper that is really, really exciting. Down and away last time, and it's the Pirates, and that could work out. But, of course, I recognize that that sweeper could just not be there. Logan Allen against the White Sox's velocity is down. Did not really take advantage of good matchups lately. The White Sox, though, are a good team to stream against. So, you know what? I understand if you want to do that. Uh, you also have Graham Ashcraft against the Nationals. Ashcraft is going to do what he does. He's going to chuck cutters over the plate. Some sliders are too. Hopefully, they're good ones. The Nationals are terrible. But I just I don't really want to do it. Uh, do not start here. You could even make an argument that Zach Little should actually be above Ashcraft um, against the Tigers. As he came through last time, is trying to do the Blake Snell blueprint. The Tigers aren't that good. I mean, they're getting a little bit better. Um, and you have a decent win chance. I kind of just don't want to touch Zach Little. Uh, watch, I'm gonna I'm gonna make him the SP roundup lead uh, on Saturday morning. Watch that. Reese Olsen is on the other side of that. Changeup has not been good enough. The fastballs haven't been good enough, but it is a really good slider. It is against the Rays. The Rays aren't as scary as they used to be, but still don't want to do it. Mike Clevenger against the Guardians. Eh, it's just too boring, and the Guardians don't really strike out. Kyle Hendricks against Atlanta, so no. David Peterson is not doing his great things as he enters the rotation. Uh, it might also be Tyler McGill. We'll see. Um, uh, if Tyler McGill gets an opportunity later on this week, it might be um, something where McGill goes on Saturday. Actually, I think that's what's going on. So it's Peterson on Friday. I don't want to start either one um, against Baltimore. I think Baltimore is really good. Baltimore is Baltimore and all. Uh, but it's, yeah, I don't want to do it. Slider's not good enough. Alec Manoa, absolutely not against the Red Sox. There's a chance he gets better with the slider and everything, but no, don't do it. Wait to see it. Adam Wainwright does get Rocking Road, and there's a desperate chance here, but no, I don't want to do that. Quinn Priester hasn't made it work so far, but it is the Brewers, but no. Jordan Lyles and Patrick Corbin, absolutely not. Doesn't matter. And Luis Severino against the Astros, no way. I mean, maybe this is the start. That's great. I still feel in my gut that at one point, Luis Severino is going to do it, but absolutely not. And Chris Flexen against uh, the Cardinals. No, thank you whatsoever. All right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for the support. That is it. My name is Nick Pollock. and may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus chews. How about Captain Crunch's Crunchberries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean foot. <laughs> He stole our crunch! Quick, the zip line! He's getting away! Throw our last crunch berry! No! No one steals my crunch berries. I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Captain Crunch. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.